Hello and welcome to Voices in Innovation from GigaOM. I am your host, Johnny Baldisberger, and we have a special episode today. I'm joined by our brand new analyst, Andy uh, Thorai. Did I say that right, Andy? Yeah, close enough. <laughs> uh, close, no, no, that's, that's, that's good. That's good. I, I always try for close enough. Andy, where are you? I'm out of Boston to rhyme with you. Boston. Austin, Boston. It's perfect. There you so, go. So, uh, you're brand new. We, uh, the ink on your contract is still drying. Uh, let's learn a little bit about you. What's your professional background? Uh, where do you come from? What's your area of focus? What are you bringing to the table? Yeah, thank you. Um, so, yeah, the ink is still not dry, as you said, and I'm starting, I believe, this week officially, or maybe last week. Um, I'm losing track of it. But uh, so we're Monday. So, yeah, last week. Um, so where I started, uh, gosh, I don't know where, how long you want me to go back, but uh, <laughs> but um, I'm an engineer by profession, electrical engineer to be precise, right, by by training and by by education. Uh, originally, um, as my dad was one, he, he, matter of fact, I went to the same, um, same university as, as he did. And uh, it's a good thing and bad thing. Uh, my professors were actually his classmates. Uh, the, my principal was his professor. Tough life. If I uh, screw up, my dad will know about it before even I know about it. So, so I got to be goody two shoes uh, most of my life. Uh, and then out of college, I started programming microprocessors, the, the little chips and the, and the PLCs, programmable logic controllers, uh, or they call them IOTs now. I was mesmerized by it, you know, with a few lines of code. I could control massive gas turbines, you know, the hydroelectric systems, hundreds of megawatts of power produce, producing equipments, power grids for, you know, for the whole city, for even the state level. Uh, so I was at times I was even feeling that I was playing God, so to speak. <laughs> you know the 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 same systems actually uh, coincidentally enough that my my dad was working for an electricity board at the time back home in India. Uh, so the the same things I was manipulating those systems. He was so impressed. So so you know from there I moved on to designing software systems. But I always enjoyed uh, explaining you know to. I don't want to say commoners, but uh, to little less techie folks or analyzing systems and compare and contrast, and more importantly, critique them. Enjoyed it a lot. So that's, uh, in a nutshell, my 25, 30 years of experience in the field. Why did you join us? Why, what brought you to GigaOM? What interested you in us? And, and why did you in, eventually just join our firm? Good question. Good question. Well, you know, because Gigom asked me to. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. So, I mean, I I, uh, I dealt a lot with uh, Gigom during my my enterprise days, right? So I I worked for big name enterprise companies, IBM's of the world, Nortel's of the world, um, BMC Software, Oracle, a little bit. So I, I I've been all over the place, right? And not only dealt with that, but dealt with a lot of enterprise companies and in advising them on, on solving problems. Uh, matter of fact, I even wrote for you guys uh, way back when, like 10 years or so ago, I don't know if you were part of GigaOM at that time, the, the previous incarnation of GigaOM. Um, when uh, one of the things I always liked about GigaOM is when um, most of the other analyst firms were kind of like more of a analyst researchy kind of thing, 
reports. Uh, Guillaume had some practical advice on, on many of the, the emerging tech topics, which was of interest to me. Uh, so whether it's ROIs or, or, or TZOs or economic impact analysis or total value proposition or any of those things. So some of your reports were actually geared towards the technical executives, which gave me um, some ammunition because I was on the vendor side um, on those days, uh, some ammunition to sound very intelligent to my customers. So I kind of fell in love with that. All I have to do is read your reports and go and sound very intelligent. Uh, so so they they made me sort of like a, uh, an advisor to them. So they a lot of them listened to me. So it made me better um, at what I was doing. Uh, so coming back to this, I, I always enjoy being a critique. Less work and more power, right? <laughs> Just kidding. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I, I loved explaining and strategizing things. So, uh, so I see this as an ideal fit. So I was, while I was exploring a couple of months now, when, when this came up, I, I looked at some of the, the latest work you guys have done recently. And, and I kind of like what you guys do where you're going. So that's why I, I seriously considered and when things fell in place, here I am. <clears throat> well, we're happy to have you. Now, from our conversations that we've had off camera, you are pretty focused on AI. And what you just said, you know, working smarter, not harder. Uh, that is why we work on AI. That's, yep. you know, that's our goal is to create a world where uh, the humans are able to focus on human concerns and things that only a human can do. And we can leave the kind of brunt uh, drudgery to the machines, uh, which will, of course, lead to their eventual uprising. Right. Uh, so <laughs> according, according to James Cameron, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's the thing, right? Um, I've always, you know, um, I'm, you know, off the camp, obviously, you know, there are people saying that we'll make your life better, this and that, and the whole nine yards, everything is true. At the end of the day, you know, this goes ways back hundreds of years ago, right? right. Innovation is, is, is. True, it's a mother of necessity, but also it's a mother of laziness too. I mean, a lot of this inventions and innovation, when you look at it, the reason why it came about is, you know, let's example for take car. You know, I don't want to be walking from point A to point B if it is like more than a certain amount. And especially nowadays, nobody's walking with working from home. And, you know, I, I hop in the car to go check my mail, which is right out in the corner, right? So it's, it's kind of, you know, to an extent, it makes us lazy, but also it makes us better, as you say, in a sense that so we can think more. I mean, human brain is, is a beautiful thing. The amount of things that we can cook up, that we can think, the complex things. Machines are not there yet. They're helping us doing that, but it's not there yet. There are some things machine can do better, like, you know, the mundane automation work or finding something from volumes of data, because... At any given time, human brain can do only, you know, deal with a certain load capacity. That's where machines can help. But then we invent better things using our brains and then have machines do it and then we move on to other things. That's my view. A question I haven't been able to ask other analysts just yet and something I'm always pretty curious about what does your and obviously you're just starting uh you have one week under your belt here what does your average day look like so far 
Ah, good question. Um, initially, I thought it was a little chaotic because um, you got a bunch of meetings and from That's fair. That's <laughs> different angles. Like to do things here, right? Right. And and then you know you're like you look everywhere like you know oh my god I'm doing this I'm doing that so initially but once you get streamlined and you understand because you know at the end of the day there are certain things under your control you could do it for example you know creating an abstract for a key criteria for a radar report it's straight up so you know I'm working on a couple of them now. So you could concentrate, you could read up some, you can think and think some more, write something, you know, and, and recycle it, renovate it, or, or you know, better it, better it. Um, I don't know the right way to say it, but but make it better rather. And then uh, and then you know you kind of go with that with the flow. So from start to end, you could do that in one shot, in a few days, combination thereof. But there are things that you know. It's not under your control. For example, you know, if you're doing a radar report, if you are to talk to, I don't know, 10, 15 vendors, uh, you have to depend on the vendor on when they are available to talk to you. That's one. And, and two, um, <clears throat> that, uh, you know, so when you're doing one report, that doesn't mean that you'll be doing just one report. So you'd be talking to a vendor uh, on a specific radar report, hybrid, multi-cloud, whatever. And then you'll be doing a secondary report and uh, that, you know, may be somewhat related, maybe or may not, but then uh, there are times that it's the same vendor who might come there and present. <laughs> so you got to keep things straight, you know, to make sure that, okay, so when we spoke to this vendor, XYZ company, two days ago, that was on a totally different topic. Now, make sure that you take good notes on this different topic, because it's totally different topic, totally different report, but it's the same vendor, probably it's even the same guys. But uh, you got to be careful about that. But but now that I've gotten used to it on, on doing multiple parallel things, I kind of like it. It's it's fun because, you know, rather than your brain going in one direction, um, it gives you an opportunities to, you know, switch between things. And uh, there are new, new things that I learn as well, which is fun. I mean, that's that's always the, uh, the best part of any job is learning new things. Yeah. Yeah. When a big part of your job description is research, it means you get to kind of spend your time uh, time learning. You mentioned That's that you're working on uh, on a few report abstracts right now, um, and uh, regular listeners to the show will know that we do key criteria and yeah. gigaohm radars are two yeah. of our main report types where we we look at a technology. Uh, we look at where it is, uh, where it's going, and the players that are interacting with that. Yeah. Um, so with that in mind, we just had a report fairly recently from David Linthicum on AI ops. What's next uh, in our research calendar for AI? So there, there are a few things, right? So I'm, I'm actually going to be focusing not just on AI and ML, but also some of the cloud areas as well. So uh, particularly, you know, because I come from the enterprise side of things, I'm going to be concentrating on enterprise pain points, if I may, right? So that would include things like cloud, uh, on the cloud side of things, cloud, cloud manageability, multi-cloud, hybrid cloud, um, you know, those kind of things. 
right? On, on, the, on the cloud side of things. On the AI side of things, obviously, you know, AI ops report is out, but uh, David and I are going to be doing something together in addition to that report that's already out. We're going to be doing uh, the observability um, key radar together. We are just, you know, we finished the abstract and we are reviewing that we'll take vendor briefings now going forward. Um, <clears throat> also doing the other AI ML things, things like, you know, um, conversational AI is one topic that, that everybody has been asking about. Uh, so we'll be doing something on that. And then the other topic is, is uh, some RPA work, uh, robotic, uh, you know, uh, process automation kind of things. Or even, uh, you know, low-code, no-code, which has become pretty popular because everybody wants to program everything. Um, and then overall, the IT operations itself, because everything moved to work from home, everything is remote. The virtual knock and, and SOC centers, as people know, has disappeared. So there are, there are a lot of companies coming with the, with innovative ways to solve those issues. On that note, actually, CNCF uh, recently made uh, that as their second largest uh, participating project doing uh, open telemetry kind of things. I actually did a recent podcast with uh, Jonah Cowell. He's the CTO of uh, Logs.io on that topic as well. So there are a ton of areas um, that we're going to be working on. Uh, my specific area is going to depend on, obviously, my bandwidth and what is high priority and what customers want. Uh, so in general, anything enterprise software, emerging tech related, right? So if, if any of you listening, if you're interested in engaging me as part of that, love to hear from me because like I said, I don't know everything. I would love to learn as much as I can before I, I can sound intelligent enough. So set up briefings, you know, if you want to present to me, um, reach out to me, reach out to us. So, and we'll we'll touch on how people can do that in a moment. Um, you know, listeners of the show, viewers, for those of you who do catch uh, the YouTube portion of this, know that Enrico Signoretti is a uh, very frequent guest on Voices in Innovation. Uh, and I kind of want to prep my audience, Andy, you're going to be a, a exceptionally frequent guest. Uh, we used to have a show called Voices in AI, uh, hosted by Byron Reese, which was a really fascinating show to work on with him. It was more of the philosophy aspects of AI rather than, you know, practitioner and right. uh, solutions based. You and I are going to be working uh, to have a lot of guests on, uh, which I'll be moderating conversation between you and, and various guests who are actually hands-on working in, with AI and uh, seeing the issues and the solutions in the field. Yep. Um, yep. And I'm, very, yep. I'm extremely excited about that, Andy. Uh, I agree. Me too. Me too. So here's the thing, right? So I, I before this request came in um, and when, when, when I joined, I was initially going to do mostly the uh, radar reports and, and other things. But as Ben and I were talking, one of the things he told me is that, you know, he listened to some of my webinars and podcasts. He said, you know, how about if you start doing some of that in the, in the AI space? Um, one of the problems we discussed about that I see generally around is um, there are, don't get me wrong, there are a bunch of AI uh, ML related podcasts out there, right? Um, if you Google it, you will see it. There are about 
probably that I personally follow about 20 of them. Um, there are probably about 100, if not more. And what I find is, interestingly enough, some of them either or very, uh, how shall I put this, researchy, um, mm. kind of things like, you know, how do I solve uh, um, MLOps model specifically, or how do I create a model? How do I solve a problem with that? How do I solve a pipeline? Or how do I make a future store work? You know, all of these things. It's very, very uh, deep dive-ish, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, very somewhat related to AI. Or, you know, very technical that, you know, uh, how do I code certain thing? You know, those kind of things. So it's it's either too deep technical or too researchy or most of the podcast. One of the things I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing, uh, hence I wanted to do this to begin with, is uh, how does enterprises use AI to solve um, some of their issues, business use cases, issues, uh, business issues, uh, you know, if I have a certain thing, uh, for example, you know, there are a bunch of use cases we'll be, we'll be talking about in the podcast with guests, of course, and how they solve the specific problem. There are a lot of uh, enterprise companies doing thin, things in an old-fashioned way. Uh, for example, you know, one such example I can think of is, um, you know, when in an industry, factory, manufacturing floor, if there are certain areas that, that are rated as uh, hazard zones, uh, whether for a manufacturing unit or for a chemical unit. Uh, right now, what they do is that they still put that, <laughs> you know, that uh, yellow tape, the caution tape around, and then try to keep people out. But, you know, there are better ways you could do that. I mean, you could do it too, and, and then do a physical fencing. Or you could do, like, you know, high-risk quality cameras, and then it'll be monitoring and watching. Not only it'll be watching, you know, who's... Uh, or if someone is going into that hazard zone that's classified as a secure or safety zone, you could also, <clears throat> if you tie that into your uh, enterprise's identity management system, you could potentially capture who it is and when and what they're doing. For example, you know, if Andy is not allowed to be or supposed to be there after four in the evening, if I'm doing something at five or six o'clock, that you know immediately will send a notification and alert to a security personnel, so they can take a look at it and take a decision: either come and escort me out, or, or figure out what I'm doing. Or, if I'm inside the normal working hours, but I forgot to wear my the hard hat in the hazards zone, or or if I'm not wearing a proper vest, or you know those kind of things, it, it can identify on on the number of people who's not wearing it. And also, who is not wearing it? So it could, you know, go into my record as well, saying that, you know, in the past month, Andy has been consistently avoiding wearing that. So maybe we gotta we gotta pull him out and, and have a conversation with him. Those kind of things. Again, going back to that, avoid this this you know having a security guard sitting in doing the mundane things or or uh, automatic uh, person sitting in doing uh, manual processing of things. You know, if you can automate it, automate it. Yeah, I can do a much better job. There's people that when you, you say the word AI, they immediately think of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Terminator. It's kind, it's kind but, of, yeah. but the fact is, is that AI touches practically every electronical intersection in our lives. Uh, it's everywhere. And uh, the only real question isn't 
do you use AI in your day-to-day life? Because I guarantee that you do. The question is, uh, how is it operating and how can it be improved? Andy, one last question for you. Um, we strive at GigaOM to be useful, to have real use cases and real advice uh, on technology in the IT industry that people can use. What are you bringing to the table that's going to give the C-suite of our audience an edge in their professional lives? Okay, that's uh, so you saved that tough question for last. I see that. Uh, so always, always. So look, the bottom line is that you know, technology C level executives, right? They want to make a smart technology decisions with with everything they could possibly know before making the decision. For example, I'll give you an idea. I've been doing a lot of this AI ops work, as you know, right? The uh, particularly when it comes to AI ops. Shall I put this? There's a, there's a lot of uh, snake oil out there now, right? Uh, everyone is supposedly offering an AI solution. If you Google it, I, I, I don't want to name names, but if you Google it, you will see everybody rebranded themselves as an AI solution. The same thing as you know, a few years ago, everybody is a cloud vendor, right? And, and everyone claimed they're the best. They're, we do all this stuff, right? So if you're a technology executive, if you're trying to you know, do this, especially you're in a fast pace to do move everything to the cloud as well, or at least most of it to the cloud. So there's cloud infrastructure you need to worry about and the monitoring you need to worry about, observability you need to worry about. How do you decide you know, which is the right tool for you? And, you know, but more importantly, more than the right tool itself, how do you know that you know your your the total cost of ownership for a specific solution or your return on investment that if you are to get this, how is this going to work for you? Your your savings, uh, and and especially you know if you are to get an unbiased view of a specific vendors or or compare it to to someone else that you are considering that you haven't even looked at that now you know you want to do this one on one emerging study right engaging study, uh, so reporting or getting a radar report or getting an AI report is only one portion of it. But but are you able to analyze your situation, your specific situation for as an enterprise, and figure out a vendor that's right fit for you? Figure out that vendor A is better than vendor B, even if that vendor B is rated lower or missing some capabilities. Still, in your particular situation, that may be the one you want to go. You know, I, I, it's it's a struggle for a lot of those technology executives to make the decision. It's just because someone is in the in the top right or or on the inner circle of some of the analyst reports doesn't mean that they're always a good fit for you. There may be someone who's rated much lower in, in either in the left corner, lower left, or, or lower circle. That may be the the best choice for you. Do do you know that? And if you knowingly, if you make the decision, that's fine. But without knowing, without even looking at that, without analyzing your situation, if you make the decision, that may or may not work for you. I, I hope, you know, by, by doing this work with, with and through GigaOM, I hope I can bring that clarity to the market to, to, make, um, to help the technology executives to make right decisions. Fantastic. Andy, um if someone wants to have these conversations with you, if someone wants to 
talk to you about uh, these various topics, what's the best way for them to connect with you over social media? Sure. So I'm, I'm, so I don't, I don't do Facebook and Instagram and other things, but uh, I do do uh, a lot of blogging, a lot of uh, tweeting and on LinkedIn. And I also have a YouTube channel doing a lot of videos. So you could follow me on Twitter, uh, easy, at Andy Tharai, or on LinkedIn, uh, or my blog site that I call that as uh, thefieldcto.com. Um, those are ways you could reach out, um, or you could always email me at uh, Gigom email, and then or reach out to one of our one of our sales guys or or someone else to schedule to talk with me. I think there is an option to do it from Gigom website. I'm open to discussions as long as, you know, you don't get nasty. And then, you know, obviously I have a point of view and then that might be different. Your point of view might be different than mine. I'm, I'm open and willing to listen. Yours may be better than mine, right? If I see that, I'm willing to change my opinion. Uh, it's always love to have engaging, thoughtful discussions with the other thought leaders and, and vendors as well. So reach out to me. More than happy to hear from you. Right. Thank you, Andy. And thank you, everyone, for taking the time to listen to this episode. For all your tech forward advice on the IT industry and technology, you should go to gigom.com. Check out our reports, our blog posts, this podcast. We have some videos. You can buy a single report if there's something that really is tugging at you that you need to learn more about or you can subscribe to get access to the entire library. It's really a fantastic value. Andy, again, thank you. For GigaOM, I'm Johnny Baldisberger. This has been Voices in Innovation. Just listen.